Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey now. It's the Hey Now Howard podcast. Brand new for 2020. Coming at you from Los Angeles, California. My name is Daniel Coyne. And I'm Tyler Cortez. Today we're going to be talking about Howard in quarantine. This is Beto. He's as bad as can he knows. He's the best. This is Beto. He's as bad as can he knows. He's the best. Welcome back, everybody. I, I was just thinking. Did we not record an entire podcast in 2020? I mean, I know 2020 has been very, very weird, but uh, did we really go this long without recording a single podcast? It's now June. I mean, I think 2020 has been pretty awesome. I don't know what the big deal is. You're, that's true. I don't even know <laughs> what I was thinking. But no, it's June. Dude, did we not fucking do one? Nah, just kidding. Um, yeah, mean, it's I been th- a while. I mean, our fans have been clamoring, just flooding our inboxes, yeah, you knocking know what? on our streets. The fact that this didn't take off like I thought it was, you know, streets. I was just like, you know what, fuck this podcast. <laughs> nah, I, you know, still listen to the Stern Show, um, and Daniel is too, so we're still in it, we're still hanging on by a thread here. We're still with you guys. We're still with you guys, and uh, and we figured now's a better time, or as good as time as ever, to uh, record a new podcast. So here we are, and uh, yeah, it's a weird time for the Stern Show, it's a weird time for the world. But uh, staying in our world of the Stern Show, um, it's fucking weird, man. And Howard being in quarantine and the show being in quarantine, as well as all the staff, it's interesting. Um, So yeah, today we're going to be talking about that. But uh, before we dive into all that, um, just a little little about us. Uh, Daniel and I both live in Los Angeles. It's a weird time here as well, Uh, just with, um, you know, obviously the protests and everything like that. But staying safe we're keeping at it daniel's back to work i'm starting to get back to work and uh yeah yeah you know it's, it's kind of tough to see not see my best buddy tyler here for for a couple months but um we we're kind of told that we'd all die if we see anybody besides our own reflection in the mirror so yeah it's kind of tough to record uh anything with friends over the past couple months <laughs> we, we, we've thought about we kind of talked about this we thought about doing like a, a call in version but, I mean, we can't even figure out how to make the audio good regularly. Yeah, I know. We're doing this now without even mics. We, we're idiots. We're so stupid. Like, I literally, I bought a new computer, and I don't even know how to, I, it doesn't have a USB jack to plug in our microphones, so we're just literally talking into a laptop screen right, right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, I came over with my microphone ready to go, but um, 
Tyler has upgraded his computer and uh, with new technology. They but just you can't upgrade you your brain. So, uh, <laughs> still <a> stupid. <laughs> so we're going to figure this out. And uh, yeah, we'll power right through. Powering through. Yeah, we've never been the best audio podcast in the world, but we're working on it. We'll get like a Scott the Engineer eventually. Uh, remember him? I think he's available for work, in fact. <laughs> what happened to that dude? That's for a later podcast when we talk about people that have fallen off the face of the Stern Show and never to be heard from again. Yeah, so also we're kind of brainstorming on some topics to cover over the following months. Uh, we're going to do a watch-along episode of Private Parts, so set your set your reminders for that. We'll do a uh, we'll start Private Parts at the same time as you guys and just walk through the film, just talk about whatever comes to mind as we're watching it. Um, also have some show ideas about like the dark side of the show. Essentially, we want to bring you topics that you won't hear on the show, you won't hear on the wrap-up show. But we're fans; we still love the show, and but we also will, we're not will, we're we're also willing to criticize a little bit too. Yeah, we'll, we'll preface everything by saying we are fans of the show. We love Howard, but I know some of the things we're going to talk about may seem contrary to that <laughs> idea. But I, I assure you now that we still are fans. We still love the show, but um, yeah. yeah, that's not to say that there isn't aren't some things that aggravate the shit out of us about the show. Right. And I feel like if we're if we get to, like we're both Steeler fans, for instance, if we get together, we could talk about, oh man, the Steelers are doing this. We wish they'd, um, you know, switch up their strategy, this, that, and the other thing. We get into depth about what we don't like, but if we're in a group of like Patriots fans, then we love the Steelers. So exactly. you gotta, you know, when you're when we're with each other here as a Stern Show family, we can criticize the show, but. On the outside, we gotta we gotta stay true to our man, the king. Yeah, uh, that's a good analogy. We're all on the same team here, but uh, it doesn't mean we can't criticize the coach and all the players and the organization <laughs> and everything that goes along with it. Yeah. But we still love you. We still Tough love. love. <laughs> but uh, that bringing us to today, um, I guess the most obvious thing to talk about is the fact that the show has been done from everybody's homes. Howard's home, uh, Rob and Fred, everybody's at home, everybody's doing the show from their basements, from their houses, their small apartments, whatever level of income they're at. Obviously there's some disparity there, uh, but it's uh, it's been an interesting way to do the show. It's um, It took me a, a couple episodes of the show to kind of get into the groove of it because it's very different than them being in the studio. You can tell almost right off the bat, especially uh, when they first started doing the show from home, they did it via Zoom. And uh, are they still doing it? They, before they got the feed in there for Sirius, they started doing it through Zoom, and it was just patchy as hell. Uh, yeah, it was the terrible. first week or so was real bad. Yeah, it was rough, man. Like, and it's like you couldn't. It's hard to really get into bits and comedy things, and and it's just even their topics of discussion that were you know even whether they were serious or funny, it was hard to get into just because it was so terrible the audio much like you're hearing now uh the audio is that <laughs> as bad. we speak about terrible we speak, <laughs> yeah we're experts on audio uh but yeah i mean that, that was rough but um I, I think they've kind of fell into more of a groove but um but yeah those first couple of weeks were rough yeah no absolutely and and, and also it's it was a while now it seems like a year ago this whole corona started but if you remember back, the Stern Show actually didn't exactly have a smooth transition into this because they didn't really have any, any announcements that the show is going to continue. If you remember, that was right as things were kind of getting canceled, like as developments were happening. Like there was an NBA game where the players just like walked off the court during a game right. once they figured out, once they found out that it was either one of the teammates or someone in the NBA had it. 
Um, so it was like a two-week span there that no one knew what was going on, including the doctors and the, the leaders and all that. So everyone was kind of scrambling. And the Stern Show, I think it was they did a Monday, Tuesday, and then not a Wednesday. But and then no the, announcement. And then the week off all of the yeah. next week, right? And so then no, no social media posting. Right. No like, hey, we're adjusting. We're, we'll, we'll be back with you soon. And then all of a sudden, like, all these podcasts started coming out, like, quarantine version. And, you know, you, you saw some quick adjustments. And the Stone Show was a bit bit behind there. I mean, well, now you thought, it's fine. I remember you were saying, like, Daniel thought, he's like, I think they're done. He's like, I right. think it is done. I think the show's done. I think Howard's like, um, I'm out. Like, And I, I almost I almost believed for a second. I was like, nah, they can't go out like that and just be, like, completely done. I feel like, I, I mean, I, that, I, I didn't think it was going to be this long of a you know process anyways as far as corona get everything situated so but yeah whenever you said that i was like damn maybe he's right i was like maybe he's just kind of kind of out with it yeah yeah i kind of figured that he'd do something but but i did say back then that he'll never return back to the the new york city studio and i still hold to that and now it's like what three months into the quarantine i don't think he's ever gonna do a show from the new york city studio again what do you think yeah it's interesting because whenever jerry was on jerry uh seinfeld was on the show two weeks ago i think now um and when he was on they talked about this uh this thing where they they got on the phone and, and Jerry gave Howard advice about what to what to do with his career as far as if he should re-sign with Sirius, if he should retire, if he should go to a different platform. And Howard said that they came to a conclusion that Howard was going to do something. He didn't say what the decision was, uh, but he said it. And uh, I, I assumed just kind of like, I was like, I think he's going to re-sign for you know, a certain amount of time or he's going to do something. I don't think he was just going to disappear at that moment. Um, but I think that this has changed everything. I think that this whole, whole thing has like kind of changed whatever plan that he had then. I think this changed everything. Um, do I think he's going to return to New York in the same fashion that he was at, at that studio at Sirius? I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I think that he's just judging by the way he's handling the pandemic now with masks and uh, we'll get into that, how he's completely obsessed with masks and people wearing masks. But uh, yeah, how he is, you know, with that, I just can't see him coming back to the studio and being normal, you know? Yeah, and, and within the past couple of weeks, if you kind of read between the lines, he'll say stuff like, oh, I got a whole crew coming in this weekend with hazmat suits, and they're going to upgrade my home studio. So, I mean, I don't think he's doing that if he thinks he's going to be there for another month and then he's back in the studio. Yeah, I think he's planning the this will be his kind of swan song. Yeah. Now, here's a question, though. It's like... <clears throat> Now, there was already a debate, and Daniel and I would always get in these debates, too. He's like, he, you know, where he would think the show was already a little watered down from what it used to be back in the heyday of the Stern show. You know, 90s, even early 2000s with Artie, and that was, you know, kind of like where the show was hitting its its peak. Um, I, was, I was loving the show, um, you know, even up, you know, five, six years ago, or I'm sorry, like even seven, eight years ago up until now. Um, I was into the show, and I was kind of into, like, you know, the bits that they were doing. But uh, is this version at home even more so watered down? Like, I didn't think it was uh, at first, but now that they're at home, is, is this version way too watered down for you as far as the bits that they can do, the, the limits that they have, you know, with the staff and, you know, and just being, you know, just kind of a lack of comedy that's that what the show was originally built on. Um, if they stay at home, does that kind of ruin it for you? Yeah, I mean, it's... 
I hate to say it, but I listen to the show now and it's kind of Robin and Howard talking. Like, there's not overly which amount is of what, structure to it. Which is what, like, a lot of people love about the show. Like, you know. Right. There's some people that, that that's what they like. Just Howard and Robin bullshitting is what they listen. That was what they tune in for. Yeah. I guess one thing that I noticed about the show is that it doesn't provide much escapism. Especially during this coronavirus. Um I mean, this has been something that it's something that you can't escape the topic. Everyone's talking about wherever you go. But normally when you tune into whatever it is, a TV show, movie, a podcast, you kind of want to just kind of escape for an hour, just kind of not. And and of course, they're going to still talk about it. But like Howard just he goes hard on the topic. And it's just like when you're already kind of stressed about it. Yeah, you can take it for 5, 10, 15 minutes, but when you're an hour and a half into it and he's still going on about, like, people not wearing masks, you just <laughs> kind of, like, you kind of just lose the energy of it. Right. Dude, with, I mean, Howard's OCD. It's, like, that's very known thing. Like, Howard is just completely OCD about germs, germaphobe, the whole deal. This couldn't happen to, a, like, a worse person right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, already, like, I'm, like, ugh. Because I don't share that at all. Like, I am not a germaphobe. I do not think about... I've seen you eat lots of food off the floor. I eat food. I, I'm a fucking <laughs> disgusting human being. Like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, I... I, I David and I, Hasselhoff. And I, <laughs> oh, you've seen that? Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, Hasselhoff eating a fucking Carl's Jr. right off the kitchen floor. But uh, I I just don't... I don't get sick. Like, you know, like, I don't think about it. Like, if I was getting sick a lot or if I had... You know, I don't know. I just don't think about that kind of stuff much until now. But uh, Howard does, and Howard's obviously completely OCD about this stuff. So having said that, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't share the same, uh, I, I understand that this is a very serious pandemic. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. I'm just saying that the way he handles it and the way I would handle it are completely different. So just hearing that over and over again and that being hammered over, like, as far as, you know, people aren't wearing masks. They're not wearing masks. They're not wearing masks. It's just, it's the, it's getting so repetitive, and it's making me want to pull my hair out. <laughs> I mean, just if the world, you know, on its own, doesn't want make me want to pull my hair out. Hearing that for an hour and a half, it's like, uh, like I, you're right. There's no escapism from it. Right. And normally, when it's a normal day and you're at work and you're like half paying attention, listening to the show, and Howard's talking about the germs and we're all going to die. It doesn't have as much impact, but when you're listening and you're kind of scared and like you're, maybe you lost your job and things are going weird and like you're worried about your family getting sick. And let me just take a walk around the neighborhood and just listen to the Stern show for an hour. And then you just hear about, we're all going to die for an hour. Like it's just, there's just yeah. nowhere to go. Which like that we're all going to die attitude is not something that I share about the coronavirus. You right. know what I mean? Like, and, and that's, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like, cause I'm also an, I'm an idiot. What do I, mean, I know? We made it this far. Yeah. You know, we made it this far and I, you know, so, and I'm an idiot. So I, I could be, <laughs> I could be completely wrong, but I'm just saying like, I'm not, I don't share that, you know, that pessimistic view of we're all going to die. We all need to stay in our homes or wear a mask at all, at all times or this is over. I just, not to get like into the, you know, COVID shit, but I just remember when it came out, it was, we're all, if Fauci said, we're all probably going to get this eventually. We all just don't want to get it at once to overwhelm the hospital systems. So I took that. I was like, okay, great. So for two months, I, we, I didn't see Dan for three months. We just, we quarantined. Um, 
you know, I, I, I didn't go out unless I had to. And if I did, I wore a mask and, and the whole deal. Like I, I did all that. And so, but now that I just think everything kind of changed where there's still some people who are just like, no, if you go outside, you're going to die attitude. And uh, I just don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't get on board with that. And that's, I think that's where Howard kind of lays on the spectrum of how people, you know, feel about this whole thing. Yeah. And I'll give him credit. He's, he is in New York City, and that was exactly. definitely right. the worst part of, of the country. So if you are, and like I think Sal's parents got it, and I think didn't didn't Gary have a family member die? Like his brother-in-law his, no, died, or his uh, father-in-law, father-in-law died? died. Yeah. And it was like, and uh, trust it's me, I'm not serious shit. Of course, and I'm not downplaying any of that. Of course, oh, yes, people you are, were. Yeah, yeah fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. This is canceled. Don't cancel me on their own podcast. <laughs> this podcast is canceled. canceled oh, cancel Hey Now Howard podcast. Damn it. <laughs> Just when we got <laughs> starting to get big. <laughs> God like, damn it, our it took us down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously, it's there's some there's some horrific stories, and there's some. I mean, people are going through some serious shit with this. I'm just saying, as far as where Howard lies on the spectrum of how he goes about his day to day, and where a lot of people other are at, uh, it's just very different. Yeah, and I hate to use this term; it's a little bit played out, but Howard's almost doing a little bit of virtue signaling. Or it's kind of like what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> virtue signaling? What? But you know what I mean, though. No, it like no goes clue. towards this whole like cancel culture of like whatever I'm telling you is the best is the best, and if you say it's wrong, then you're in the wrong because I just the thing I just learned about three days ago is now the most important thing in the world. So if you don't agree, then you're against us. It's mm. like you're signaling your virtues of it's, it's right to wear, it's right to do this. And if you're, if you're not doing it, then you're wrong. Right. Even though we just decided that two days ago. Yeah. So I think there's a bit of that. And I think when like callers are just listening to this and they're calling from like the middle of the country that really hasn't been affected that much of, it is a little bit of like, I don't know, like elitism or something. It's just kind of like Howard's kind of in his ivory tower of just like... Well, Howard's in a bubble. He's always lived exactly, in a bubble. Like, right. like, so it's, it's kind of like, easy for him to say, like, right. yeah, like, you know, Howard's not laid off. He didn't lose his job. So, like, yeah, like when your biggest struggle in life is, like, your wife cleaning your apartment for three months, it's a little bit tough to, like, connect to the average person and, like, especially during a time of crisis. Right. Like, we don't feel like... Like, even, like, a... I hate to always bring him up, but like Joe Rogan, like super successful, super rich, super everything. But when you hear him speak, he's kind of like, every, he's like an everyday guy. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you kind of feel like he's in the struggle with you. He's kind of like, you don't get the feeling that he's like in the Hamptons and like, oh my God, I haven't seen anyone in three months and I won't let my wife go to a party. And like, right. can you believe my wife like mopped the floors again? Like, it's kind of like, comes off a little elitist yeah and he's he, i was usually pretty conscious of that because like he doesn't it used to be very used to be, conscious yeah, like i feel like the past couple of years that's like gone out the window yeah like he really doesn't give a fuck to like show his like like i think he really fought that at first when people kind of started catching on to it of like oh you just want to hang out with celebrities and like he, right he get real like Offend. Now he just kind of like goes with it, like, right. like oh yeah, I hung out with Jennifer Aniston this weekend, and yeah, David Letterman and Jerry Seinfeld. We went out to dinner, and like, that was kind of like his whole shtick of like I'm the outsider of this crowd making fun of them. Right now he kind of zero qualms about letting like you know that a part he's of a part of them. Right, <laughs> like I'm, 
broadcasting from the Hamptons, and my number one worry is like my wife can't stop cleaning the house. Is that where like, he is in the Hamptons? He's yeah. I, I, yeah. Does he talk about that? Because I actually didn't know that. I thought he was. Mm. I don't know. Where, I thought he had a house somewhere else. No, that's the Hamptons. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it's kind of tough for like the truck driver who just got laid off in like Minnesota. They're not, bad example because of what's going on but just some random fucking place canceled again got twice it, twice in 20 minutes oh the twitter Come trolls on, are gonna be so man. minnesota you had to go to minnesota <laughs> all, 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 all the places all the states oh my god i'm a terrible oh, person geez. god how you know it's funny that we're joking about but like i wonder like this whole cancel culture thing it really hasn't touched Howard. Is that because he's like on his own? And I'm kind of going off topic here, but is that because he's on kind of a paid subscription? Of he, he is a little bit still immune to like just saying some wacky shit without like the Twitter trolls coming after. I mean, throughout his career, he's had people, he's had activist groups and things trying, but you really don't hear a lot of that. Like, no. or just well, people it's either not that care. or people don't <laughs> listen anymore, and that's. And that's kind of like that's that could be a topic for another day, but like, it, eh, are people just not listening to Howard like they used to? I mean, Howard will make some headlines whenever he does a good interview, and he and the interviewee will say something that he's never said before, or something you know, kind of something quotable, and news outlets will pick up on it. So like, you'll see you know Howard in the news that way. But I, I mean, well, I will say that I did see Howard trending um, with that Don Jr. exchange whenever he kind of like called him out. They called each other out on Twitter. Um, yep. So that happened during quarantine. We might yeah, as well get into it. Right. That happened. Um, and and he also, well, and, and on top of that, he also got it. Um, whenever he, he did say a couple of things that were like, I guess, considered controversial. But it, again, in today's day and age, it's kind of hard. You got to say some pretty wacky fucking shit to really uh, have some stay pa- staying power in the news because things change uh, at the you know a drop of a hat. So, uh, but he did say something about you know um, I hope I'm not going to quote him, but it was like something about I, he hopes all the Trump supporters take uh, you know drink bleach and go kill themselves that sort of thing like that made some headlines he essentially said like if you if you follow him so well and like yeah, you go believe do everything he says then, then just go huff the bleach and right. see what happens and go do we it. all die together yeah um, so that I remember that making some headlines so he's definitely been in the news and but again I can't but tell that, that sorry no, sorry to cut you off but that in particular um, that drew the attention of Trump's son, is it Don Jr. or Eric? It was Don Jr. Who cares? But one of them. <laughs> one of the psychos. <laughs> but he came out. I mean, he made some decent points if Howard actually still was trying to grow his audience. And he essentially compared Howard to, like, when Hillary Clinton got caught, um, like, calling, like, or calling Trump voters deplorable, I think was the word she used. So he essentially, Don Jr. was like, you better watch because a lot of your audience you're directly talking to. It's kind of like when Michael Jordan said, like, uh, like Republicans buy shoes too. So he never officially endorsed any Democratic, like, politician that would want his endorsement because he knew that as soon, the second you make a political statement, 50% of the audience is automatically against you. I mean, right. that's our society now. Sure. And so I think Howard's kind of played that he's kind of walked that fine line, but we were kind of talking earlier. It's also interesting that Trump himself, he's 
has shown no qualms about going after people, whether they be very famous or like, barely famous. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he tweets towards this podcast at the end. <laughs> but like, right, like that's how petty he can be. Yeah. But yet he, like, he's quote unquote friends, whatever you want to call it, with Howard acquaintances, but never says a word about Howard on Twitter. Right, and Howard's ripped into him for the last two months, I'd say. Like, in, right. and it pretty, really is pretty hard. He's he's held. I, I would say he wouldn't agree with this if he were listening but i would say that he's held back pretty like you know significantly up until the last three four months and especially like since corona hit like he's kind of he's laid into donald a lot like sometimes for a good hour and a half to two hours relentlessly um and saying some saying some shit that like that if anybody else said or mentioned trump on twitter with trump would respond to um and Trump has some ammunition to respond to Howard with just kind of like how Don... And you wonder if, like, the Don Jr. comments to Howard were, you know, talked about with The White Trump, House response. The White House response. <laughs> or if this was, like, you know, just Don Jr. on his own. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's like... Uh, you would think that Trump would respond. I mean, if he responded to Jimmy Kimball saying something, you know, he's got to be hearing what Howard's saying, yeah. too. Yeah, 100%. Gets at least a uh-huh. briefing about he's being talked about. Yeah, he's I mean, a mental tweets midget. at SNL. <laughs> yeah. He tweets at the Oscars. Right. So that is interesting, though. I mean, is it that maybe that he still considers him a quote unquote friend, or or does he think that? What I kind of think of it too is like Trump almost knows that. But then again, it's like I'm I'm treating Trump like he has a filter or half a brain. But he almost knows that if. He does go after Howard hard. Howard has this four-hour show three days a week that he could just totally lay into him uncensored. So I'm wondering if he just wants to kind of let it die. Because ultimately, everyone's talking about the president, like every show. Right. And not a lot of it's positive. No. you're watching Fox News. But, yeah, I, I wonder if he's that calculated about it. You know, I, I can't imagine these sinners like, yeah, I can't imagine these sinners like, well, should I go after him? Should I not? Uh, I, I can't imagine that it's that calculated. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or does he just have 7,000 other enemies to worry about? And right. Howard's like, let, then it also list. makes you gotta like wonder is, I mean, that's when I said that Trump has some ammunition, like I, he could talk about the numbers with Howard as far as like his listeners, his reach, you know, all that. Yeah, Don he, Jr. started bringing that up. Right. Yeah. So, Don yeah. Jr. basically said, it's not worth my time because this guy peaked in the 90s and no one really listens to him anyways. I think that was, and backtracking what I said before, I think that was coming from more his dad than Don Jr. himself. I think that like that was a conversation. He's like, you know what? What well, sounds like some of his dad is certain. Right. Like you, you, the ratings you, suck. Yeah, you handle that, and uh, this way it doesn't come from me, and then he's out of it. But... But like Howard said earlier, though, uh, on the show this week, you you shouldn't give a shit. Who gives a shit? Like people would attack Bush, people attacked Obama. Like they, you you didn't see them going after petty shit like that. They had other right. big things to worry George about. George Bush wasn't tweeting at Saturday Night Live no. doing impressions of well, yeah. you know, Will Ferrell doing an impression Will of like him. making him look like the biggest idiot on the planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then he was like, "Oh, I'm the president." Right. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to care what people on SNL do. But that's not the world we live in right now because we live in the fucking fantasy world, for sure. But going back to the Stern show, I mean. One thing that just really bothers me is I don't give a fuck that Beth is cleaning the apartment for three months straight. 
that I act like that's the biggest, <laughs> like the biggest thing that's happened in that household in years. Like, it, like, you know what? It freaks me out. Like, <laughs> he made it a joke. He's like, you know, Beth cleaning, Beth cleaning. Like that's like that was like the running joke that wasn't funny in the first place. Was it a joke though? I think he was serious. He's serious because anytime she comes <laughs> like down, he thinks that. Like all, we relate to that. I don't like get into like their marriage or anything, but like she's cried twice on yes. air. Oh, Siri. <laughs> not, yeah, not you. Sorry, Tyler's iPhone Siri was trying to talk to not us. Not today. But dude, she's cried twice, like on air. It's kind of weird. Like, what do yeah. you like? She's like so stressed. I can't find what she was crying about. Was that that she was like stressed out or whatever about cleaning and well, it was just like, the cats? I like, know. Even the one time it was kind of funny because like she was like, she started crying and Howard's like, what's wrong? She's like, I'm just so exhausted. I'm just, I'm just exhausted. I mean, if you want to say mental exhaustion, I get it. We're all mentally exhausted, but it's just the focus on, oh my God, she's just cleaning the apartment. Right, yeah. And like, like, but like, what are, you, what are you cleaning? Like, I get it's a huge apartment, but what's going on there that it's that dirty? Like, are they just that paranoid about Corona, so they need to clean it every day to make sure that there's no... I mean, because you can tell they're nuts. Like, they get a package that stays in the place for a week before they touch it. Like, if you look at all the research, the chances of getting Corona from that are, like, so insanely low. But I'm not getting... Like, it's just insane that that's, that, that would be their reason for... Mental exhaustion that much, you know? Yeah, I think it just, I think it kind of ties back to the fact that Howard's just lost touch with the, with the everyday man. Like, or just, he either doesn't care or he doesn't have advisors kind of telling him, like, without getting a tangent, Tyler and I were just talking, like, off the air, like, why doesn't he have, like, the latest stand up comics? Like, Andrew Schultz, these guys, like, I mean, I would... Um, Chris D'Elia. Yeah, Chris uh, D'Elia. Like, you know, we could go on anybody, forever. Even right. fucking Joey Diaz. He's not an up-and-comer. But, like, have these guys that are crushing it at the comedy store, crushing it on all these comedy podcasts. Right. And they're fucking hilarious, dude. Have them in the studio for an hour. But he's just, like... He's so out of touch with it's that It's like David side Spade. Of, like, yeah, like, right. It's like these comics from the 90s that... And I know there's, like, a Corona episode. We're going to get it further into, like potential who he could be booking but he just seems so goddamn out of touch that when it comes in times like this it's like kind of highlighted right and I, th I think you hit it on the head a little bit where it's just a lack of people telling him that i don't think he has anybody in his life like, you know it, it, he has nobody close to him telling him that yeah he could listen to this and he would just say yeah you guys are fucking idiots you don't know like what do you know i've been in this business you know i made a lot of coin in this business but <laughs> but you know he has nobody in his inner circle telling him that he should be doing that, kind of reaching these younger comedians or booking these types of people on the show to kind of get a different audience. Um, I mean, you, you could say, obviously, like he's had younger um, musicians and, you know, in like Harry Styles was a great interview and a great performance in the studio right before they broke. Um, Billy uh, Eilish. Yeah. And uh, Miley Eilish. I said her name wrong. Yeah. Billy Eilish. Miley Eilish. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's had good young musicians on and I know that's more probably his focus but I you know with, when it comes to mu it's become more music and and interviews and politics than it has comedians and I feel like he lost a lot of that from he used to have hilarious comedians on in the 90s and, and early 2000s that you know especially when Artie was in the studio that you know they would really make or break not break but really make a career really somebody's career could honestly take off I mean case in point uh, yeah, he's had Amy Schumer on a million times, but whenever her first appearance was on, uh, Judd Apatow listened to her, and that's how they came up with the movie Trainwreck. 
Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, that's, that should be reason enough for Howard to be like kind of a little motivated to have some young comedian, some up and comers on. I don't know. I know it's a different episode, but it kind of like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fucking aggra- aggravating. Well, plus like we're like, we love comedy. We live, I mean, we live in the town of the comedy store, like the Mecca of like, we're, we're in an awesome era of stand up comedy right now. And even if you just don't even want to do stand ups, just, there's just so much comedy out there. And it's a comedy show. Right. It's almost like Howard doesn't want someone funnier than him on the show. Do yeah. you ever get that impression? Yes. Yeah. I get, I mean, but that's, you know, because like, talk- dude, Dave Chappelle was in the Artie or in the Jackie chair before Artie. Like, he was, they actually considered, like, there was a moment there. And this is before the Chappelle show, like, really blew up. But there was a moment there that Chappelle could have been on the show long term. He could have been a staff member. Right. It's like, he's always had that connection. Like, he even had Dan Cook on when he was kind of coming up. I'm not saying that he's, like, the greatest, but at least he was kind of in touch with the, with the rising comics at the time. Um, you know, Norm MacDonald's been on the show. Like, Gilbert's a guy that's kind of been blackballed, but he was on the show forever. Artie's obviously a stand-up. Um, well, dude, like, he's a guy that used to bang Robin. Uh, oh, he was uh, a stand-up. Doug Stanhope? No. No. I can't. I can picture his fucking <laughs> deep voice. Uh, we'll think uh, of it. Mention him in the comments. Yeah, but he was a he was like ah. yeah exactly. Um, but just and not only that, but I think that the show would be beneficial of like it doesn't always have to be an actor or a singer. Like maybe once in a while have. I don't know, like like when they did, uh, they they've had previous guests on that kind of were a little bit different. They had the guy that did like the the painter that did the Facebook mural, and then he made millions on the stock. You remember oh that? Like, yeah, like those interesting right. stories. Like I still right. remember that interview. That was twenty years ago. Right. It was interesting. It was like I don't want to hear about how you got a boner on the set because you're in a like because because you were filming private parts. Like I get right. it. It's the same conversations with the actors. I know this is like way off a tangent, but I think it just goes back to the idea of like the show needs a refresh or right. like they need like it's just the same old like it's like the 17th David Spade interview and the 47th like um, Amy Schumer interview. And like he's got his friends, but they just need to mix it up. They need some new blood in there. Right. Yeah, I uh, I mean, they, I was thinking though they did have Tom Brady on during quarantine, which was very like, yeah, that, that was, was a good interview. I thought that was great, and so they, I just think the consistency with those types of interviews would be, because it also like especially now with them all being in studio, uh, not in studio, the the lack of bits that they're that they can do or they have been doing, maybe they just haven't figured out how to do it yet. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt with that, but. They haven't been really doing a lot of bits that have been funny at all. It's so been rough. it's been rough. <laughs> like, dude, they did a Jerry dude, Springer did, call, uh, man. Like, and a Jerry Springer prank phone call to like a conservative radio show. I don't remember there being one joke, one funny thing about it. It was literally Jerry Springer calling and being like, "Hey, do you guys like Jerry Springer?" And they're like, "We don't care about Jerry Springer," which was naturally the answer <laughs> to any, anybody saying, percent of people <laughs> yeah, to anybody asking that question. And uh, and that they kept it going on for like three four minutes and it just wasn't funny. But like that's honestly that's the only comedy bit that I could think of that they've tried to do since like they kind of went into there. I'm sure there's more, but I, I that's the one thing that's standing out and it wasn't funny at all. What I'm saying is though, 
if they can just fill that time with more fascinating interviews. I know the interviews aren't going to be as compelling because it's weird with, you know, through a, you know, Skype or Zoom, whatever you're using to do the interview. But to fill that time makes the world of difference. I thought the Sean Penn one that they did this week was fascinating. Um, not that, like, you know, it wasn't the best interview by any means because they couldn't get into a lot of stuff because it was very, you know, uh, detail-oriented about what he wanted to talk about. But, you know, at least it was a, just a change of pace from the shitty, monotonous comedy bits that are not being produced while they're not in studio. Yeah. And, I mean, I know nothing about booking talent and, and doing PR and things like that, but I would almost imagine that this could end up being a benefit because now you opened yourself up to you don't have to be in New York to be interviewed or, like, you know, on a press tour. <clears throat> I mean, they're probably going to be doing promoting something if they're going to be on the show. But, you know, it's like now maybe if you look at the glass half full, now maybe you open yourself up to, like, anyone across the country can do a Zoom interview at any time instead right. of having to be in Manhattan. To that point, though, um, whenever they're... So the three shows they did in Los Angeles, I thought were the best three shows that I've heard in years. I thought that I loved them, and it was interview-focused, uh, interview is like, you know, essential for those three shows. But like you said, not all of them had anything to promote. Actually, most of them didn't have anything to promote. So if that could be the focus and just having some guy, people to interview... Um, that, that you know don't necessarily have something just to promote, but like just you know you, it kind of opens you up to talking to people that aren't just in New York. Um, they could be in LA or anywhere else in the country or the world, and you can kind of talk to them without having an agenda. Um, yeah. Almost like the idea of a podcast. What a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what else I think too is like is Howard also being drowned out by a million podcasts now? Yes. And <laughs> All right. Quick okay, next, right, question. next question. Yes, is the answer. But I mean, you know, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, there's a couple people to listen to that were pretty funny. Like, like even there wasn't even that many comedy, especially on censor comedy, like, you know, long form interview comedy. Now, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. There's man. Yeah. hundreds. And the, I mean, I know Howard's a great interviewer, but you could listen to some podcasts and get some pretty good interviews out of like out of the other ones. Right. And we were even watching um, just before we started this, we were watching uh, The Fighter and the Kid and Andrew Schultz was on there. And we even commented like, it's kind of cool to just kind of sit back in the recliner and just kind of bullshit. And, like you got, they kind of let their talent seep through. Right in that form um and now it's just such a popular and, and accessible form and i think that's definitely a reason that that like touches a nerve when people compare howard to podcast i think that he definitely sees himself and and rightfully so i mean the guy's unbelievably successful compared well, to and think of what he had to go through to get to where he is you know exactly. and all the people that did went but the the difference is is they the comedians that have an established base can do a podcast and, and have that base because of what they built and what they worked for with their stand-up comedy. And Howard's got to respect the fact that although they didn't do it in radio, they still did it in stand-up comedy and that's kind of where they got their, their base and that's why they have a successful podcast. And Howard's very similar in the sense that he worked his ass off in terrestrial radio, worked his way up, and now he's where he's at. So it's very similar trajectories like for what they both had to do. Um, but Howard just seems to very much... Uh, downplay podcasts and, and how relevant they are. 
but probably because of his ego and he doesn't want to, you know, admit the fact that podcasts are beating the shit out of Sirius right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to do a whole episode called Howard by the numbers, but if you compare it to Howard to not even like Joe Rogan's of the world or these hugely popular shows, it's you can find some pretty like C-list celebrities that have the same following as, as Howard online and the same reach. Um, and, and that also has to do with him being on a paid, a paid service. Um, but also it's, I think when Howard discredits podcasts, when people call in and he says, Oh, the only reason people listen to him, is, uh, Oh, Joe, he was an actor before, um, you know, these comedians that have a, a base before they start their show that still doesn't address the underlying fact that it's pretty quality show or it's pretty quality content still. Right. So yeah, I get it. They may have been famous from something else, but I can still listen to them for an hour and a half and talk to other comedians, talk to authors or, and I always come back to Joe Rogan, but he does a great job of, he talked to like, um, like the guy that, uh, like joined the, the, the KKK. Uh, the black guy who um, like negotiated oh. with the KKK, the Black Klansman movie, what that was about, that same guy. I'm not sure if it was about him. I know yeah. they did documentaries about. It. I know it's talking about the Spike Lee movie. Yeah, but you know he just has these philosophers on or like scientists, and they'll throw some actors and singers in there too. But you just kind of need that a little bit to like, you know, it just kind of gets monotonous of just hearing like because ultimately, I'm also kind of like jaded but sometimes i don't want to always hear about like celebrities lives or like i kind of get it it's a preview into there but sometimes you want to hear some interesting people that like did something different or you yeah know. but i think that's you know i i don't know if that's howard's back man like because you think about it, like when does a show ever really i mean you, you mentioned a couple of them that he's interviewed that but that's not really the show you know i mean right. that's what you go to podcasts for that's what you listen to rogan for to hear about those interesting stories interesting people right howard's gonna do that but he's gonna do it with the fucking whack back you're gonna hear about bigfoot and you know wendy the slow adult no know? no that i love yeah but i'm just saying but like, i this, just think this, his this, roster of talent is a bit dated yeah that he like his rolodex of talent right you're saying like of the guest of guests yeah yeah of guests of guests right 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 um no, I, I can agree with that. But I think that, like, what he supplements, you know, with those guests, you know, what you were talking about is his, his version of that is talking to the whack pack, is his talking to underdog lady. And, like, here's, that's my interest, that's my version of, you know, your expose of an interesting person that did something out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, when you shit her pants. Or yeah, when like you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, when it's most interesting. <laughs> but, um, no, I totally agree. I love that. And, and I, and, and honestly, that's what, to me keeps me coming back because now we have a lot of other options if I, if I want to hear a celebrity get interviewed. Um, but that, that brings up an interesting point that I was also going to mention is would, is the show able to grow in its current state? Let's say Howard never goes back to New York and he just does the show how it is now. Are they, of course we'll have a couple little growth characters here and there, but like, they're still banking on the whack pack or, you know, like, is this an environment to find new whack packers to find new audience, like even find a new audience to reach? Like, I just seem every caller seems like, Hey, Howard, I've been listening for 30 years or like, you know, it just kind of just seems the same shit. Right. And every caller agree either 
I mean, 90% of the callers agree wholeheartedly with Howard and just, just literally piggyback off of any topic that he started talking about before. Then he picks up on that 10% that, that he'll hang up on and five seconds calls him an idiot. And right. It's just like that Tell same... There's no dialogue between the two of them that is anything interesting between either side, whether they agree with him or disagree with him. There's really no like genuine, you know, real conflict uh, or dialogue that is interesting to listen to. Uh, but to answer, like the to go off of what you're talking about, is this show going to grow in the current state? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave us in suspense like that. No. Please. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, it, it makes me nervous that we talked about Howard being out of touch a little bit. And I just think that Howard, Howard's already a recluse. He talks about it. He's a shut in. He doesn't like to go out. He doesn't like to, and it, but him being like this and being like, and he, he says it probably kind of half, you know, half heartedly, but like now he's legit shut in recluse, not going out of his place. I think he's becoming even more out of touch. And the more that the show stays like this, the more I fear that the show will be out of touch. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I don't know, just, you know, how Howard, Howard's literally not stopped talking about fucking masks for three weeks now. Like, so for context, everyone else has stopped. Like, by the time you're listening to this, Corona hopefully is over, but yeah. as we're recording it, we're like three or four weeks away from everyone used to talk about masks and maybe it still deserves to be talked about, but 99% of society have moved on to other topics. Yeah. Now we're still fighting that war. Still fighting the war on masks, man. Like it's like, you know, I Beth and I were walking some guy jogged right out next to me. No mask. I'm like, dude, how like I, same story. Beth holds time. her breath. She breath thinks that'll do it. It's so like, all right, now we live in LA. I, I, I'll say, like, I go for runs out here, and I'll probably out myself by saying, but like, I, I don't wear a mask when I'm running. I, I'll wear a mask every time I go into the store. How and, dare you? Uh, I know. Fuck me, right? <laughs> Cancel me. I've already been canceled twice so far. But uh, I'm not wearing a mask when I go for a run. But I will, obviously, like, I will move to the other side of the street to avoid somebody if I need to. Like, I'm not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but I'm also, like, I'm just not wearing a mask outside. But I've, I'm probably, I, I would say, it's probably split 50-50 about the people that are wearing masks out, outside just on a walk in the park to not wearing masks. And indoors, everybody's required, of course. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about outdoors in a park or like you know on a trail somewhere. But that's what Howard's talking about, too. And like he's obsessed with that, that narrative right there is talking about just people wearing masks outdoors for a walk. Um, and that's because that's all he's doing outside. It's not like he's going to the store, not going shopping. He's not doing anything else. He's just talking about for his walks with Beth that people aren't wearing masks. And it's freaking him out. That's all he fucking talks about. And there are other issues going on out there than not wearing masks in the park. Yeah. Uh, you know? It's, so as we're recording this, there's probably the biggest, I don't know what you call it, civil rights movement maybe yeah, in the country's history it's happening like uprising, and yeah. Howard just barely talks about it. Not Still at all. Still on the mask. Literally like we went through a week of protest, like some of the most remarkable protests that I mean, we obviously we've seen in our lifetime. Um, I mean like, I mean all 50 states. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. All, all 50 states involved with these protests. Now that was something to talk about in itself because that was remarkable. But within those protests, there was obviously some, uh, some people that took advantage of the situation and were looting and rioting and that became another issue on top of the protests and that was a huge issue for, yeah. for days yeah, on end the, 
president's like the way he's been responding that's another layer right so all these there's so many layers, layers to, to what talk happened. about and, that and everyone even, else is talking about and, and even just and and the the you know the umbrella to all of that is what happened to george floyd and you know the injustice that happened there um and through all of that i i mean it was like peppered with you know he, he didn't that was like a five second that was comment. a five second comment and then he went right back to people not wearing masks while they jogged outside and, and bothering him and Beth. And I'm like, man, like, how the fuck is that? Like, I mean, you get, so just to, to bring me back to like what I was saying about being out of touch, that's what I'm talking about. Like, he's just so wrapped up in this little bubble. And the more he stays at home, and the more it's just him, Beth, and the Roomba, it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> that's gonna, kid. yeah, it's just gonna be this, like, this bubble that keeps shrinking just between, uh, between, you know, around them. And I just don't think he's, I don't know. That's kind of my thought, and that's kind of like my, my fear for the, like the future of the show if it stays like this. Yeah, not only that, but he's surrounded himself, but with only people that agree with him. Like if it was back in the day, Artie would be like, "Howard, quit being such a pussy." <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. There's oh god. There's you no contrarians. Did you imagine Fred saying that? Oh my god, the, Fred, it'd be over. What are you doing? Where's your balls, man? And like. And not only do they not go against him, but they just agree with, like, as soon as they go on a Zoom call, they're like, I know, Howard, my neighborhood's the same thing. You know, I live in the Bronx and no one has a mask on. Like, and, and then the caller like, calls in and, yeah, Howard, I live in I live in Oklahoma and no one wears masks. It's like, dude, drop it already. Like, Let's I wish, move like, on. You know who, who like, Ronnie's pretty good. Like, Ronnie will, like, he'll try to, com- like, you know, comply with what they're thinking, but he'll also be like, yeah, I wasn't wearing a mask. Fuck it. You know, so what? I'm fine. Yeah, he actually has a backbone still. He has a backbone. Mehmet, I thought, was going to be like that because he's usually pretty, I mean, he's, you know, super right wing and, you know, has his own thoughts and he usually calls out other staff members for, like, kind of falling in line with what Howard thinks. So I thought when he would come on, he would be like, no, I'm not worried. Like, you know, I, I've been out and about. Um, I've worn a mask. I haven't worn a mask, but I'm fine. Everything's fine. Howard, you're kind of overreacting for the whole thing. But uh, no, nobody is. It's, it's Or even crazy. if you just don't, even if they don't want to disagree with him, they just start the conversation with agreeing with whatever he was just talking about. It's just kind of obnoxious. Like even is. Jason, the guys that have been on the show, I think there's just this... I mean, not like he was ever one to like really mix it up with Howard, but I feel like there's just this like overarching like thought of like, don't you dare speak out or you're going to be Brent Hatley on the way out. But it's like, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to believe that that's the case with, you know, that's like Howard's made it like that around there. Whenever like the culture was so not that for so long that all of a sudden everybody's scared to speak their mind. Or does everybody just genuinely a feel this thing, way? Maybe, just maybe. maybe not all of a sudden, but you know, already, I think, I think already leaving was kind of like a like a line in the sand for the show. I think a lot of things, and not saying that they needed. To, I mean, Howard was also facing some tough decisions too. He was dealing with already in the in the height of his drug addictions, and you know, it's tough to keep someone on staff that's so unreliable or. Or just even needed help. You know, I know Howard like offered to send him to rehab and things like that. But it's like once he left, you just slowly start to even like Gary and just Fred, Robin even. There's just no like opposing views. The fights between uh, Fred, Robin, Gary, and Howard would be my favorite. Legendary, legendary. They're like the most fun thing. Like I mean. 
whether they're all getting up on one or two on two or you know whatever it may be like that was the most fun to listen to and jesus like i can't remember the last time fred spoke his mind as far as like up against howard no it sucks because like i feel like you know absolutely is all i hear from fred anymore <laughs> so as I say, that's the canned response yeah fred what do you think absolutely <laughs> robin that right that's right okay like everybody's cool it's like i don't know it's maybe they yeah, do really feel uh, that way but it's like it if they don't that sucks and to, for them to have, feel like they have to like kind of just be like all right or they're just tired and old and they're just like you know what i don't i don't care to mix it up <laughs> Yeah, maybe we're just like, maybe I'm just over it. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, but we did an episode earlier about like the staff, the young staff member. At the time, we were kind of complimentary about them. I'm still kind of complimentary about some, but honestly, they're kind of like bitches, dude. Like, you hear these staff conflicts, they record each other. Dude, like, like I used to like him a lot because he came with a lot of funny bits. He's a little bitch, dude. Like, that's what fact, I'm saying, dude. dude they're all, they're dude, mostly the a bunch recorded, of bitches. I think he recorded people and like the, him getting on. Uh, who did he record? Was it Ronnie? Like he, yeah, he's the one who recorded. Well, Ronnie. the yeah, kind of the Mike basis Fox, of what we're talking yeah. about is they did like a Zoom staff happy hour, and got recorded without most people on the thing knowing and okay whatever you want to do that it's it's for radio show whatever but then but then to go on live like i feel like they're all just like waiting for their for their turn to like rat out their friend to the principal or something like they're waiting for their moment in front of howard to then talk about all the fucked up things that's been going on behind the scenes but also, I always kind of pictured the Stern show as being like an awesome, like a dream job to work for. Like, honestly, it kind of seems like pretty catty bitches if you were on the staff right now. Yeah. Like, everyone's kind of stabbing each other on the back, like recording, like, then they're fighting on air, but like, not like cool fights, kind of like. Right. Yeah. It's like not interesting. Yeah, it's not fights. interesting like, fights. Yeah, right. yeah. It's just, how dare you? And I'm not talking to you anymore. And right. Like, like the Rick, uh, Rick, Rick Fogg. What's his name? Mike Fox. Rick Fox, yeah, from Rick the Fox. Lakers. Yeah, Rick Fox came back. He came out of retirement. Uh, but no, Mike, NBA champion. Mike Fox and Ronnie. That fight was fucking so stupid. And like, I don't know. I, yeah, there's nothing interesting to me about uh, those two fighting. I mean, hearing Ronnie get worked up. I mean, okay, we're talking about Ronnie. Ronnie being interesting itself is a whole other story because his shit story was one for the ages. So. Yeah. Whew, yeah, he is a gem. So, I mean, watching him get worked up is always fun, but, like, the actual content of the argument that they had for Happy Hour, not interesting at all. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I just wonder, like, what, you know, what the, the stat, you know, as far as, like, we're talking about the show and how, what it's going to be like if it stays like this for a longer period of time, uh, what that means for, like, the, the staffers and everybody. You know what I mean? Like, how are they going to handle that? Because... You know, a lot of the bit like they have to change their whole. You have to think there's less material for them to work on. Right, I was gonna say that they're you know they have to change their their mindset completely as far as like what they can. They're limited as far as what they can do uh, for comedy bits and and you know for just the writing of the show has Not to be a lot like man on the streets. Right, like bits that were always hilarious. I exactly. showed you how dumb people are. Right. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because there's not been a lot of bits. Um, them like as far as like just anything funny really that stood Dude, out. You didn't like John Hahn playing the guitar? Oh man, what a fucking riveting <laughs> I was, segment! I was in stitches. <laughs> what a riveting segment. 
Yeah, and, and credit to Howard, man, because like he will like give like throw like a one liner in there that'll like get me to crack up during a bit that's not going well or it's not funny at all, and like he'll he'll say something and I'm like, all right, like that kind of brought Let's me get back. out of this. Or yeah, something. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so. Now that I think about it, he kind of did use that more of a mind for that. Like he kind of used to bail on bits quicker. Now he kind of seems to just ride it out. Maybe just doesn't have anything else to, to go, go to. to. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to go to. It's like, ugh. I mean, how much more can he riff? That's actually you true because the more I think about dude, it, he used to talk about, oh my God, I've so, they'd do whole entire episodes about cleaning out the computer because he had so much to work on. Think, and now it's like, eee. dude, think about this. And I've called for this in like in in previous podcasts that we've recorded. They need to switch to a two and a half to three hour show max. Yeah. Because think about it, dude. Podcasts will do literally two hours a week. Howard's doing 12 a week. That's so, yeah. that's an insane amount of content that he doesn't need to be doing. So we can sit here and analyze all this shit and being like, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked, this worked. But yeah, like when you, if you really boil down everything, if you really did it, like if Howard did as much content as like a normal Joe Rogan or somebody that's doing like a normal podcast, uh, it's a fraction of the amount. So of course we're going to have to criticize a lot because a lot of it's going to be shit. So I'm just saying, if he just did, you know, a, a limited show, Maybe just did like, you know, on Tuesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday, did two hours, just bullshit with Robin, did a couple comedy bits, and then Wednesday did it like his main interview. Uh, hire me as a fucking producer. I'm going <laughs> to fix this goddamn show. <laughs> yeah, and we've kind of talked about this, but I mean, I guess, I mean, he's, Howard's not getting any younger, but we've mentioned this before. Do you see any type of post Stern show career for him of like a David Letterman Netflix style of just pure interviews or, you know, keeping somewhat content out there without outside of the Stern show or is he just, I would say when he's done, he's done, but even he, like he'll take a two week vacation. He's like, Oh, I was itching to get back on the mic. Like he wants his voice heard. It's yeah. going to be tough for him to just straight cold Turkey retire. Yeah. I think Beth would be running for the heels. If, uh, if it's just him and, her, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he doesn't yeah. have an outlet to kind of get the stuff out. So yeah, I do think there'll be something, I don't know what the out, I don't know what it's going to be because I think David Letterman kind of stole his perfect outlet for post retirement. Uh, same with Jerry sign. Well, I don't know because I remember when David when Letterman was on, he was like, "I'm more jealous of Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee." He's like, "That's the perfect." It's like I wish I ha I did that, and I think Howard is, wants to be like the you know if if Jerry did that and Dave did that, Howard needs his own something, and it's going to be something along those lines of you know interviewing people if that, that's completely in his control, uh, where he can still kind of have his own voice in there too. I don't know what it is, but I do think there'll be something like that. Yeah, I mean, Howard's, he's, I think it's the end of this year, his contract's up, right? So we're in June. Yeah, they're, so they're done with the studio, man. They're not going, he's yeah. not going back to the studio. Yeah, he's, he's in the Hamptons for good. Well, shit, man. So Speaking of wrapping up the Stern Show, we should probably wrap up this episode, huh? Yeah, anybody still there? <laughs> anybody still Is this thing on? <laughs> anybody still here? Is Mike listening? working? Yeah, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, um, come on back. We'll be talking about some Stern Show shit. Yeah, we're, we're going to We're going to do up. our watch along. We're going to do, we've been talking about this for like a year, but we're going to do character episodes. We're going to do like a whole Fred episode, Gary, Robin. We'll probably stop I mean, there. We don't really need to talk <laughs> about Howard. He's kind of what yeah. we talk about all day anyways. Let's get deep into Howard. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. We're going to try to be more consistent with these podcasts. I know we've been kind of all over the place. We'll do one, disappear for four months, come back and launch three in a row. So we'll try to be more consistent. Uh, maybe that'll help out with some followers and some listeners. Maybe we'll stick around a little longer if we do that. So oh, we try got to, too many. We got yeah. too many listeners. We've been flooded. <laughs> we've had to up our, our broadband. Uh, we're going to get canceled again if we keep lying to everybody. We got four <laughs> listeners. We're going to try to up that to eight. But uh, no, we're gonna like we'll, we'll try to be a little more consistent for you. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep cranking these out and hopefully you keep coming back. That's right. Bye for now. Bye for now. Hey now. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.